Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments with an examinate and obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco and Kyle. Yes, sir. I believe that when people think of law and order, they hear this. Now, Law and Order is not just an American show. That show has iterations that are in different countries. The yeah. theme may be a little different. But, you know, that's not what I hear when I think of Law and Order. Ooh. I hear this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do I. So, <laughs> that's, of course, Night Court, NBC <laughs> comedy from 1984 to 1992. Harry Anderson, rest in peace. Um, we <laughs> love, love Harry. We love uh, okay, so wait a minute. What am I talking about? Law and order. Subpoenas. Uh, mm. The term subpoena is from the Middle English subpena and the Latin phrase first word sub, second word pena, meaning under penalty. It is both a verb to summon someone mm. and also a noun, which is a writ ordering a person to attend a court. What is a writ? It's a com in common law. It's a formal written order issued by a body with administrative or judicial jurisdiction. Most generally. Well, yeah, everybody yeah. knows that. Of well, I well, I haven't ever gotten subpoenaed. <laughs> so, so can you subpoena someone with a subpoena, or yes. were you subpoenaed with a subpoena you by a subpoena? Both, uh, you both. Oh, okay. Both, both it's like, yeah, but both. it's like this is like it's like a buffalo buffalo thing. <laughs> yes. So subpoenas <laughs> and you know a writ, one of those things, warrants. People are familiar with those. Uh, there are two different kinds of subpoenas. Good band. That, yeah, oh, warrant. Ah, that, oh, I'm going <laughs> to throw in a little not, Oh, wait. No, no. We probably not. The, <laughs> maybe not that one. Uh, and so look at, you know, the, what are these for? This is to, to request either evidence or your appearance before some sort of legislative or court appointed body. Mm -hmm. Why am I bringing that up? Well, well, we'll be dealing with those in this. Week. And interestingly enough, not the only night court reference we'll be making in the next couple of uh, minutes here. So, but let's How get started awesome on minute 11 of Iron Man 2 from 2010, directed by Mr. John Favreau. But uh, to have a, a, as we're transitioning from one thing to another, um, we knew that uh, we could not handle such a monumental task alone. So we've, uh, we've reached out and we've enlisted the help of acclaimed author, Ryan Dalton. There he well, is. <laughs> I have a theme song now. You didn't know. Oh, okay. Well, I'll say we'll we'll put it in the we'll put it in the mix so everybody can hear it. Yes, he might be a Batman. Yes. but we definitely know that he's a, he's another. So yeah, uh, Ryan is a friend of ours, uh, and also uh, he is. A, a, you can find his stuff on Amazon and all sorts uh, wherever your local awesome books are there. And if they don't have their books, then how good of a bookseller can they be? I don't want to make enemies out of booksellers. So you said it, I didn't. That's right. We're, we're stir up some controversy on the Marvel movie. I'm sure they're all fine, upstanding, wonderful booksellers. Every single one of them. No, no, there's some bad, bad ones out there. Uh, so, uh, what is your, what is your uh, like uh, basic gut check feeling about Iron Man two in regards to the MCU? I really like it. Um, in fact, I hear mostly people not liking it when it comes up, like online and things, but. I yeah, I, I know you're one of them, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I unabashedly enjoy it. While of course there are some, you know, there are some flaws in there. There, there are points that I don't like, um, but I, I, I don't know. I think it's a good sequel ultimately, and uh, I think there's a lot of fun moments. I think there's some cool things that are like fan service in a good way, like 
things we can't talk about yet because it's not in the minutes <laughs> I'm here to talk about. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm very much uh, a fan of this movie. Just okay. for the record, I would like to add that Ryan, you are a handsome and intelligent man <laughs> whose opinion holds great weight in the world. <laughs> I concur. This is why I come brought on you the on. You stab me in the back. Come on, Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into it here. So we pick up where we left off, which is uh, the first appearance of Happy Hogan, uh, and it's POV time uh, because what better way to do the exact same scene they did in Iron Man One, but uh, change the point of view to make it look new and different and interesting. Um, so uh, this time we get to be inside of Tony's head as he goes away, and this wouldn't have been a really easy day of filming for Robert Downey Jr. because uh, he wasn't there. They basically had him come in afterwards and. Uh, record all the voiceover so hey i guess it's a way to save costs yeah not bad so this was actually shot at the ramon c cortines school of visual and programming or excuse me visual and performing arts in los angeles uh so this is a we're supposed to be in jersey <laughs> but still in los angeles to the magic uh, of film that's right. So we uh, come through. We we see, of course, because it's Tony Stark, and and this is uh, the worst of Tony Stark we're seeing in this movie. Uh, there's a a a a gaggle of I don't know what, what do you call a, a a group of female fans that are waiting outside there. A, uh, a Twilight. A Twilight. Oh, a Twilight. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> a Twilight of of fans in there, and then one of them of course slips in her number. Um, at this point, we I don't know. Do we know what exactly the relationship of Tony and is i think i mean they were sort of together at the end of iron man but not so i guess he's single-ish she always oh, single yeah here he stills yeah definitely single I, yeah mostly i don't think single? there's anything yeah i think he's mostly single okay mostly <laughs> mostly <laughs> single <laughs> i think he's um, single it's like single but it's complicated if you're oh yes yeah, so yeah okay yeah that and we don't know too. who this the 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 woman here who says call me gives him the number. No, no, I could idea. not I could not find who that was. No, yeah, it was uh, unless it was. I mean, just I assume it was in, under extras. Like right. I, I, they didn't have her credited as, you know, girl with pen. I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. Although if she spoke, she might have actually gotten her SAG card out of that. True. I, 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 I kind of yeah. feel like that line was dubbed. Because Could've like if, as you as you look at it, it, like you don't actually see her. Like you sort of like she's like sort of off screen. She's sort of a little like call me. Like oh, so it might have been just some uh, some voice work afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Some uh, I'm not sure. Uh, she does, uh, get, we'll she see, does we... get shoved then by Happy. She immediately yes. gets just yeah taken out of frame. Yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> hey, that's that's his job. Happy right. is doing his job. He's clearing a path for his his uh, charge. Um, so we have our, our first celebrity cameo then. Uh, because, well, celebrity being a, a loose term, um, but that's Larry Ellison, a CEO of Oracle. And why is he in this movie? Because he paid a bunch of money to be in it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Oracle wrote a nice fat check to the production uh, so they could be featured and to have him on there. Because when you're a billionaire, that's what you do with your money. Do you know what's what amazing? else are you going to do with it? Well, right. well exactly. <laughs> I mean, how much exactly? I mean, right? you only buy so many islands. Well, you know, I didn't realize this. <laughs> Um, okay, first of all, I didn't realize he's at the time we're recording. He's seventy six. Really? Yeah, I didn't. Wow. Just not even think of that. You think of the nineties when Oracle was. Everyone learned who Oracle was after they buy Sun Microsystems and all the database mm -hmm. work and everything they do. Now they're mostly they're the infrastructure behind behind so much stuff. But okay, even today on the top five billionaires list, he's at five. I mean, you wouldn't wow. think that. I mean, Bezos, Gates, 
Um, the guy who owns uh, Bernard Arnault, who basically owns Louis Vuitton, uh, oh. Dior, Sephora. He's at number three. Warren Buffett is four. Of course. Larry's five. Okay. The Monopoly Man is six. You know, the guy with the monocle. <laughs> <Yeah>. in the... <laughs> nice. with Uncle Moneybags? Well, I'm trying to remember what his name I thought he had an official name, but I can't remember it now. If that wasn't his name, it is now. <laughs> Headcanon accepted. Now, hey, now when you said when you said we have our first cameo, I thought yeah. right before we, we bump into Larry Ellison here, we bump into a couple children. I thought you were referring to another... Oh yeah, that's so that's a that's a possibility too. We have a kid here who's wearing uh, one of the Iron Man helmets. That was a a a real product that they put out uh, when the first movie came out, Uh, and he's actually has repulsors on his hands. That was pretty good. Uh, We'll see him again later, Uh, and uh, and if you depend on how who you believe, um, perhaps this is a future Marvel hero that is visiting the expo at uh, this time. The God of Retcons is working. That's right. Is that right? That's right. Right. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, then we have the most important cameo, of course. Then, as they go down the stairs, we see the great Stan Lee, creator or co-creator, I should say, of Iron Man. Uh, here, they have him dressed like Larry King, and that's the joke. Is they, they and when you but we see him with the glasses and the suspenders. Yeah, like Stan Lee could <laughs> stand in for Larry King at this time. I mean, it really is kind of eerie. How much they look alike. It's he was Hugh good. Hefner in yeah. the last one, right? And mm-hmm. now, now here now, he is. Is. That, is. Is that the joke? Why? I mean, the, the background of this and that. I mean, they could have gotten Larry King. They could have absolutely could have gotten Larry King. Yeah. yeah. Larry totally would have done this at this point. I mean, he would have cared, <laughs> right? Um, so is that just, is that like the original idea here early on is, is Stanley as, is the cameo as other people? I don't think always. I think they just sometimes get clever with how they Got it. insert the insert the cameo. Yeah, and and knowing Stanley as a, a, a like a close personal friend. No, as, <laughs> never been. Um, as uh, knowing Stanley though, uh, I, I can tell you he would probably be really super annoyed by this because he didn't get any lines. Yes, non speaking. He really liked when he actually got to say stuff in in his cameos. So interesting. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we as we push on through then. Uh, there's a there's a very 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 brief cameo, and when I say very brief, I mean like maybe two or three frames. Yeah, uh, you'll have to go back and watch the movie and pause at the exact right moment when they're in the elevator. In the elevator with Tony Stark are Seth Green and his wife Claire Grant, but you'll only see them if you pause at the right moment because it, it basically they're caught in a whip pan. Like they're at one point, they're just going by. The only way you're actually going to see him is if you do that. He is in the credits. He's in the movie. And like, and if you find that frame it is clear as day that it is Seth and Claire. Um, but you, you really are only going to see that if you also, if you listen to the commentary, yeah, uh, John Favreau says that as well. Um, but uh, so, you know, so Seth Green is in the MCU as Seth Green. So. Cool. Yeah. Good so, for him. so, so, so for whatever reason, then we'll have to accept that Howard the Duck sounds like Seth Green. Well, they're related. <laughs> <laughs> By marriage? <laughs> How are they? <laughs> what if Seth Green is, is Howard the Duck's son? He's half duck in the Marvel universe. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Explain, Rob, would explain a lot. Are you saying? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That in the MCU, Seth Green is half duck. I mean, and that ducks can crossbreed with humans. Yes. Well, I mean, if you've seen Howard the Duck, you I know that they've tried. 
this just reminds me of what a horrifying place the Marvel Universe can be if you really think about it. <laughs> so, has that mean? Has that mean? Have we folded Howard the Duck the movie into the MCU now? I, because I, of that? that's a responsibility of someone much higher than myself. <laughs> um, uh, Somebody so, asked yeah, Leah so. Thompson. We should bring Leah Thompson in and ask her what she thinks. Yeah, really. No kidding. Oh my goodness. Oh, but I would love to have a conversation with Crispin Glover. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, well, I'll say we can. We can. Okay, so the the. Our, our POV sequence is coming to an end. However, uh, as Tony walks out of the thing, and we're out of POV, so it's back to Robert Downey Jr. and uh, and John Favreau. Um, I realized we missed something, Rob. We Uh-oh. missed something in minute nine. What did we miss? Because when Tony Stark walks off stage of the Stark Expo after giving his big, you know, turning over the video to his dad, from from the stage to backstage. He changes clothes. Oh, and this as, is the outfit that he's in then. Yes, because he's in a tuxedo with a white shirt. Right, and when he goes backstage to check his blood, he is in another, a darker suit with a dark shirt and no tie. Well, that's that's natural. People, it's <laughs> his tuxedo. It's his blood I, testing suit. Yes, yeah. and apparently, apparently, it uh, the suits can transform from one into another because it's literally from when he steps off the stage. That he's in a different outfit. He no, he went and changed the suit. The suit that no, no, he's to here that, uh, that's fine, but right. not in that sequence. Like he literally just walks. Up, the The video is still playing on the screen behind him, and he's in a different outfit. Oh, uh, we missed that. We missed that. <laughs> right. So sorry, minute nine. You guys are idiots. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what's us? wrong with those guys? They're us. I don't talking to us. I'm talking to me in the past. Listen. Oh yeah, dude. People are depending on you. Come on, man. Get it together. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I still so like that's the outfit he's in here. So uh, and they step out uh, into some product placement, and so the product placement is is so blatant that even in the commentary, John Favreau says, "Hey, look, it's our product placement," because <laughs> <laughs> this is the Audi R8 Spider, and now uh, a small commercial for the Audi <laughs> R8 Spider from our friends at Wikipedia because. <laughs> The 5.2 liter FSI V10 in the R8 Spider delivers a maximum output of 525 HP, sorry, horsepower at 8,000 RPMs, revolutions per minute, and has a rather high compression ratio of 12.5 to 1 in order to get the most out of the high revving, naturally aspirated power plant. With a weight of only 3,792 pounds, the R8 Spider is able to sprint from 0 to 60 miles per hour, MPH, in under 4.1 seconds. Go from zero to 125 in a little over 12.7 seconds to reach a top speed of 194.49 miles per hour, all while consuming 15.9 miles per gallon in the manual transmission version or 16.92 miles per gallon in the R-Tronic variant. Boom, gearheads, you're welcome. You know, and Kyle, although that is all true, you also could have added that this particular model was based on the Audi Le Mans Quattro concept car, which first mm. appeared at the 2003 International Geneva Motor Show and the 2003 Frankfurt International Motor Show. The R8 road car was officially launched at the Paris Auto Show on September 30th, 2006. That's true. I assumed everyone would know that, but you're also, right. We, should, we need to make down. sure that we talk about it. <laughs> the top goes down too. Just one. Oh, it's a convertible. Did we uh, mention it's, it's a, a convertible? convertible? <laughs> it's a convertible. <laughs> uh, and uh, in the background, as as they're walking out, you can hear uh, the song that we talked about in the last one, "Make Way for Tomorrow Today," written by the Shermans. Oh yeah. And uh, 
And, uh, and, also, so, for, for, and for also for those eagle-eyed, uh, as we talked about in a previous minute, uh, this is the red X logo everywhere. Mm-hmm. So yes. there are reasons that, yeah, it changed, obviously, in the color consistency, but it's everywhere here. They actually have appliques on the on the uh, glass windows and the doors that as they're walking out. There's yep. wraps around the columns and everything. It's all the red X. So We discover Kate Mara. Uh, so it's, it's the, one of those things where you're like, what the heck are you doing in this movie? Well, it's like, everybody has to work their way up. So she has 65 credits on IMDb. Uh, she had both been in Ed and Jack and Bobby, which is interesting because we had just talked about how John Slattery had been in Ed and Jack and Bobby. Yeah. Uh, she had also done episodes 24 and Entourage. After this, she would go on to, uh, do House of Cards and Pose. Uh, and this is not the last time that she would be in a superhero movie because of course she was Sue Storm. In Fantastic Four, Wong. or Fan Four Astic Four, <laughs> if you look at the logo. <laughs> yeah, that that wah wah wasn't for yeah. her; it was for the yeah. entire endeavor that that movie was. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I mean, how can you make Michael B. Jordan be not lovable? Like, <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> we are. I, I will officially declare that Marvel Movie Minute will not be doing a minute by minute of any of the Fantastic Four movies. Oh, that makes me sad. But okay, from the past. Future, maybe. Maybe you you should just do one for the Incredibles. It'd be yeah, that's what it should it's be. The anyway. best, yeah. yeah. The Incredibles the is the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. And her character have a name? Uh, Marshall. Mark Marshall. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she's leaning up against the car. There is some, uh, shall we say, some chauvinistic dialogue here yeah. between between Tony and and Happy. And sadly, not the last chauvinistic dialogue we're going to hear in Iron Man two. No, it's not now. Truth be said, it is part of the the embellishment of this character. Tony Stark at this point is not at his best. No. And we're obviously Ooh. seeing that. So, you know, as they come up to the car, he, you know, certainly, um, you know, she come up the car. Uh, and then there's some talk between them about that. And then when he asks uh, her name, she says Marshall, which is funny. Which is funny. Yeah. Right. That's, that's really funny. Good. And actually, I love the way she's played this character because it's playful mm-hmm. in, in some icky ways. But she also is in full control of the situation. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and, and in story wise, it was a smart move sending her. Yes. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like uh, condemning this as in the Michael Bay world where like right. every single woman that shows up in a Michael Bay movie is either a shrew or a supermodel. Right. Um, but it, like, this was a smart move on, on whoever was, if we're assuming the senators or, or the marshalation, like, of course, of course, this is who you would send to service. Sabina to, Tony Stark because she would be the one who could get closest. Right. That's right. Smart. And yet at the same time, it's, it is fun to watch her cause she's having fun in her own way. Yep. But he thinks they're having fun in a different way. And she's, I think, enjoying being completely unaffected by him and, <laughs> uh, and then waiting for the moment she can show him her badge and the subpoena and everything. And yeah. you can see her just biding her time before she gets to the, to the fun part. Right. Right. Yeah. I think you're saying uh, Marshall and, and he says, I like it. Irish. what are you up to later serving subpoenas and then like bam okay so then we get to see a a defining character trait here developed for the first time i don't like to be handed things so i was curious like what do people think about this so i went online to read like what why is why is that a thing and oh my i did not realize that (laughs) quite the can i would be opening up because this is a hot topic on all sorts of mcu boards people are still like talking about this and wondering about this and uh, so there's a lot of different theories about why this is some people think it's because they want to show his eccentricities in a uh 
like instead of having him walking around, you know, uh, with long nails and and uh, Kleenex boxes on his feet, like to have that sort of reinventor thing, like this is part of the, the OCD thing. Some people think it's a germaphobe thing. He doesn't like other people outside of his thing. Uh, some actually one thing I thought was an interesting take was they were saying this is part of his PTSD because he doesn't like people stepping within his territorial bubble. Right. Like he still is like very nervous about anyone getting too close. And so to hand him something, you'd have to be within arm's length and he doesn't like that, but he just came through a huge crowd of people. So I don't know if that quite holds credence, but uh, yeah, it was a very interesting thing because we're going to see this, this particular humor straight. If you want to look at it that way, uh, play out through the rest of his time in the MCU. It was funny in that. Okay. Just what? Uh, 30 seconds ago, he mm-hmm. was signing autographs right on photos. So <laughs> He's, he's he can be handed things. Yeah, <laughs> he just doesn't like he just doesn't like things that tell him what to do. Ah, that oh, see, there you go. I like that because this whole thing is about you know rebellion and not right. following the you know what people tell him. That is an interesting way to look at it because when Coulson tries to hand him a computer mm-hmm. in the Avengers, he doesn't like that either. Right uh, for that same very same reason. So it could be that he it's his way of reasserting some dominance over people who have some sort of authority over him. Exactly. Uh, it, I would imagine it's something he doesn't even fully think about. There are some people that he just can't be handed things by in his head and other, and others that he doesn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could imagine as, um, as a writer sitting down and writing that scene and then just having that pop into your head and be like, Oh, well, that's an interesting quirk. Let's go with yeah. that. <laughs> so it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the thing that came up organically during drafting. And then they said, okay, that can be a thing. Yeah. Well, I say, if this, that's the hard part about this movie is you never know what it was that was scripted down and what it was. They just came up with on the day because it's, mm-hmm. it's 50, oh, 50. Right. Exactly. Yeah, True. As we as we were finding out, uh, a lot of the stuff was just made up on the day. They would just be like, what are we doing today? Um, I don't know. Let me, let me give me a pen. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and I can tell you, actors love that. Uh, so, uh, so then she she is uh, here to serve him a subpoena from the Senate Armed Services Committee. Rob, would you like me to read some really boring stuff from Wikipedia about the Senate Armed Services Committee? Because oh, I've oh, got it. Oh, please. Okay. So the Senate Armed Services Committee is actually known as the Committee on Armed Services. Uh, it's a committee from the United States Senate empowered with legislative oversight of the nation's military, including the Department of Defense, military research and development, nuclear energy as pertaining to national security, benefits for members of the military, the selective service system, and other matters related to defense policy. The Armed Services Committee was created as a result of the Legislated Reorganization Act of 1946, as we all know, following the U.S. victory in the Second World War. It merged the responsibilities of the Committee on Naval Affairs which was established in 1816, and the Committee on Military Affairs, which was established in 1816 as well. What cool. would we do without Wikipedia? I know, right? Because it would I mean, like, just be... I'd have to go and find the, an encyclopedia? I mean, the, This is the group of people who control the bombs. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's the other way to look at it. <laughs> and, uh, and, we're going, and, and we're going to meet them and, here shortly. Yes, we will. Uh, yeah, so no, this then, was cool. Uh, I, I mean, and they I, have a little I, conversation like then about the badge that the right. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, and she and he's got the whole thing with. Can I see the badge? badge? And then he I love happy. Badge. I love yeah. the three the the trifecta here of. Can I see the badge? He likes the badge. I still like it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's nice. Yeah, and so, that is where. I, and then after that conversation, that is where our minute comes to an end. So we'll we'll find out if he still likes the badge. I guess, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Very nice. Yeah. 
Good All right, so uh, so uh, we uh, we'll find out like what happens now. Does Tony Stark going to jail? What'll what'll happen? Find about minute twelve. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to find out more about what's going on with us or with, with other shows on the next reel, you can do so on Instagram. We made a big big push into Instagram because we're having a lot of fun over there. We've got some really cool mini videos that we're putting up, and we're talking about other shows. Uh, and it's and it's a lot less evil than Facebook. Not entirely unable, but less. And that's all we're looking for these days. I so follow us over there at the next reel. You don't think that they're going to mind me calling the, the service evil, do you? <laughs> you said less evil. I said less evil. evil. Right, less yeah. evil. That's all I say. So thank you, Ryan, for uh, hanging out with us today. Uh, can you stick around for a couple more minutes? Happy to, yeah. Ooh, hooray. Awesome. All right, so uh, join us back here for minute 12, uh, and we're going to get into some intense driving action and political intrigue and not a sign of a suit anywhere. So make sure you come back. Enough said. Bye.